0: Hey, Soraya.
1: Hey, Jeff.
0: Look at your shirt. I think we're we're color-coded. Are we? I think so. (laughs)
1: Woo!
0: Nice. We didn't even plan it that way.
1: No, we don't usually dress alike, but (laughs) this is
0: good. No, we don't. Can you tell our listeners who we're talking to today? I'm pretty excited about this. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? Before we get started, I want to do a little show and tell. Go. I almost forgot about that. Look what I got this week. (gasps) <gasps> it's, it's a little itty-bitty-bitty bitty Bengals CD. Um, it's got three of the songs from the EP. It's got The Real World, Mary Street, and I'm In Line. And the the version of The Real World is a different version. It's a, a remix that David Kahn did before he got to work on the All Over the Place album. But it's pretty cool. Um, it's a little, little, little CD I got this week, but I wanted that to be my show and tell.
1: <gasps> that is... Awesome possum. Awesome.
0: Pretty cool. But Bangles related.
1: Yes. Today good. we are talking to the wonderful, fantastic, and amazing Derek Anderson.
0: Yes. yes.
1: Woo! A great artist um, of his own work, but um many listeners may know him uh from uh, quite a few Bangles tours, plus a number of other projects that he's involved in. Yes. So we're excited to talk to him and jeff i'm very jealous of that mini single that you just showed but um i say let's get started
0: let's do it
1: hi this is Soraya,
0: and this is jeff
1: our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme,
0: a podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes.
1: We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, let's get groovy. Groovy.
0: Groovy. Groovy.
1: Groovy. Groovy. groovy.
0: All right, we're going to admit Mr. Anderson.
1: Yes, please. Can you hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Hey,
0: ready you
2: now?
1: It is great to have you on the show.
3: Oh, thanks.
0: Great to be here. Yeah, we're very excited to get to talk to you, Derek, today. We have quite a few questions that we wanted to ask you spanning your career. So, uh, you know, starting from the beginning, Soraya, I think, was our thought? Yes.
1: You know, uh, Derek, a number of our listeners may already be uh, very familiar with your work, but. For those who may not be, could you just share with our listeners how you got into music and playing the bass?
0: Mm, Hmm, well, uh,
2: how to make a long story short. Um, Basically, for me, I think it all started uh, uh, being a kid of the 60s. Uh, I was born in 63, and uh, AM radio at the time was a major, huge influence on me. Um, uh, We... Being from Toledo, CKLW was the station uh, that that I would listen to. And I can remember, you know, you get in the backseat of the car, the first thing you say is, turn on the radio, daddy. (laughs) And uh, just, uh, you know, so all the music from, I'd say, 66 on was just kind of pouring in my head uh, through the radio. And that kind of got me thinking, uh, this this is wonderful. Something about uh, the music of that time just really kind of uh, stuck in my head and and, and and made me want to do that. And then uh, a few years later, um, it was the Partridge family that got me going. That looks like a good job to <laughs> do that. Um, so I uh, got my first guitar, probably I think I was eight. And I um, I uh, had a couple years of lessons, and then kind of put that down for a few years. Came back to it uh, uh, when I was maybe thirteen, uh, and then kind of started getting into the bass that way. and And I think I was fourteen when I uh, uh, discovered uh, all things Beatles and basically learned how to play bass by uh, getting. Beetle album, learning the bass on that one, getting another one, learning all that bass, getting another one until I had all the albums and learned all the bass lines to all those songs. And after that, I was a bass player.
3: Oh, wow.
2: Perfect.
0: Yeah.
3: Perfect.
0: Learning Paul McCartney's parts is not a bad way to learn how to play bass guitar, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Works for me. <laughs> so as we mentioned uh, throughout the podcast we want to learn about your time with the anderson's what you did a little bit with chewy marble playing with people like dave davies from the kinks and the bangles of course then your solo work we want to definitely talk about that but i'm really interested because you talked about your growing up in ohio in toledo and uh, my family's all from ohio Um, okay what part my parents are from worcester and akron okay and then um, my sister was born in Worcester also. And my mom likes mm-hmm. to remind me, although I was born in Florida, she often reminds me, Jeff, you were conceived in Ohio. So, <laughs> <don't forget that." laughs> so anyways, Derek, I wanted to ask you, how did you make the move from Ohio to Southern California? Uh, let's
2: see, how old was I when I moved here? It's been like. It's been 30 years. I think I was 25 when I made the move. Um, I was playing with, uh, actually I should mention uh, the thing that uh, aside from the practice journey name radio, the thing that was a big influence on me was uh, I started playing with uh, these friends of mine. Uh, I went to high school with uh, one of them uh, who was my grade. Uh, They they would be the Binkowski brothers. Uh, they loom large in my legend, so to speak. Uh, they were the ones who kind of got me into a lot of the Paisley Underground stuff that I wouldn't have known about otherwise. Uh, we were kind of a 60s psychedelic uh, band anyway. And you know we all loved the music of the 60s. And then uh, um, their older brother, um, Rick Minkowski, worked at a record store. So he would bring home stuff uh, and say, check this out. And then they in turn would turn me onto it. And uh, that's how I found out about the three o'clock and the bangles and dreams and the kid. And, uh, um, wow. But uh, it got to the point where I knew that I wanted to try to do something with music and it wasn't gonna happen in Toledo. And um, I had a friend that moved to LA who's from Toledo. He was a drummer, a friend of mine. Uh, his name was Bill Keeling. Bill. Uh, Moved out here in the mid 80s. So I would come out and visit periodically and just kind of get a lay for the land and and see if it was a place that I thought that I could see myself living in. And uh, I remember on a visit with him, uh, the first show that I saw in LA was at the Coconut Teaser and it was Kathy Valentine and the World's Cutest Killers. That was my first like (laughs) uh, LA as a visitor kind of show. Um, so, and uh, Bill had a band that uh, he was playing with. He had actually had a couple bands, um, one of which uh, I'm still friends with all the folks today. Uh, Patria Jacobs, uh, we were playing in, uh, Bill was playing in Ruby Fish with with Patria and uh, Russ Chappett. So I would come out for a visit and I would also go to rehearsals and kind of jam with them as well. And just kind of get my feet wet to see if this was a place where I wanted to land. And it seemed like, yeah this this will work you, you can you can try to make something happen here so uh, picked up uh, all my stuff and moved out here in um, uh, July of 1990 uh, not really knowing how I was gonna make stuff work but knowing that it wasn't gonna happen in Toledo. So that's pretty much how I wound up here.
0: Wow That's a, well, a big a big change I would imagine. Oh yeah <laughs> a
3: number of ways <laughs> yeah and I hate
0: winter.
2: I despise winter, I hate being cold, <laughs> hate it. And ever since I was old enough to do anything about it, every winter I would question, I would say, why am I even here? Why, this? Yeah, I can't tell you how, it makes me, it takes a lot to make me mad. Being cold <laughs> makes me mad. But getting in a car, starting the car, not having the heat work until you're pretty much where you need to go. And just, I I can't tell you how much I hate that. So. California.
0: Okay. Not a bad spot to land.
1: I applaud that. i lived in Philadelphia for six years. I'm, I'm a California native and I, whenever winter came around, I would start getting really mad because I hated, I hated shoveling my walk and icing my walk and doing all that stuff. But,
2: and your windshield in your car before you get in your car.
1: See, I didn't have a car in Philadelphia. It was Uh, subway. So I was walking through it. I'm like, Oh,
2: but oh, I, I, can, I can feel it now.
1: Yeah, I, I, <laughs> the
2: the well, coldest, the coldest I have ever been. See. And I still think about this from, t- from time to time. It was, t- this was about in 87 or so. A uh, friend of mine had a f- friend that, that lived on Staten Island. So we went to New York and we're, we were going to stay with uh, this friend of my friend's in Staten Island. So taking the ferry in February at two in the morning. Uh, from New York to Staten Island and having to be, because, you know, you got to get from the, uh, uh, you know, where you board the fair. You, get, exactly. you got to be outside. There's no way around it. And uh, that thought
0: makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Soraya, let's change topics.
1: Well, well, you know, here's the beauty of it. Now it's February in Los Angeles, and it's about 78 degrees outside. So, you know, this is how we winter. This, yeah, is, this yeah, is a better way. To yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. This is fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, we want to uh, give our listeners a little bit of an insight into some of your bands. And we want to start out with the Andersons. The men's. Anderson's uh, released one single in in 1995 on Lime Vinyl Records and Uh two full-length CDs separated at birth on the same label in 1998 and Family Secrets on Smile Records in 2001. And we would just like to know a little bit about how your band, The Anderson's, got started.
2: Uh, Let's see. That was... One of the bands that I was in when I first came out here was called Darcy's Kiss. Uh, They were sort of an alternative um, uh, Jane's Addiction Meat Smashing Pumpkins kind of band. The lead singer of that band had also previously been in a band with uh, Will O'Brien, who was uh, uh, Bill Anderson, as we called him in the Andersons. So that's how I met uh, uh, Will, through... The singer from Darcy's Kiss. Um, I met Robbie Wrist. I think he was in his band Wonder Boy. And we, uh, you know, I would go see Wonder Boy play and we would chat. And uh, I had a demo tape at the time. And uh, uh, I gave one of those tapes to Robbie. And Robbie said to me, if you ever put something together, I'm in. Uh, just let me know when, let me know how but yeah, I, I wanna, I, let's try to do something. So, um, and the drummer that we had at the time, Brian uh, he was my roommate. Um, so that was easy. <laughs> and uh, it was largely just, you know, I had had the demo tape around and and finally thought about, let's let me try to put something together of my own basically. And um, Adam Marsland, Um, was a friend of mine Uh, my friend Bill from from Toledo the drummer uh, he was in a band with Adam as well so I knew Adam before I ever moved out here but Adam was writing for uh, I forget which music publication that he was writing for but he uh, did a review of my uh, demo tape and he also said to me something's gonna happen in LA with this power pop thing, there's a, I can tell there's going to be some sort of scene happening. You might want to think about putting something together for yourself. So um, I took Adam's advice and took Robbie's advice and asked uh, uh, Will if he would be interested and asked my maybe Brian, if he would be interested. And uh, uh, then off, off we went. And I think we played around for uh, um, a few years before we even made the first album. Oh. I think we got together in like 994 five or something like that and didn't and didn't do the album until 98 right. and then by that time brian had already pretty much left and uh but uh yeah that's basically how uh how we came to be
0: wow so a uh, question about the record label was that your that was lime vinyl your record label
2: no lime vinyl was actually um the ruby fish label okay uh, Ruby fish did a single um and it already had artwork and it already had a P.O. box. And so I basically just appropriated that for myself. There was no real blind vinyl for, you know, all intents and purposes. It didn't really exist except for the uh, the, the logo and the P.O. box for mailing. Um, But it made it look more official. Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> Perfect. so that's why we went with it.
1: Perfect.
0: So what happened... Uh... So the, the band's last album, as Soraya mentioned, was in 2001. Did the band just dissolve and you guys went on to do other things or? Uh,
2: yeah, pretty much, uh, pretty much. Uh, we did, we, we were on a number of bonus uh, not bon- uh, tribute tracks uh, for uh, different albums. And um, we did, a, I'm not sure even how many we did but we did a lot of tribute tracks. Um, but Bill had gotten married Uh, He had his first kid in 2002 and just kind of decided that uh, L.A. wasn't the place where he and his wife wanted to raise their kid. And he's from the uh, Detroit area. So they actually moved back uh, to that area in 2004. And we thought about maybe trying to uh, keep something going, recording recording. Uh, or just you know some some sort of presence and that kind of fell by the wayside as well and we we did get you know there's been a few reunion shows that we've done uh we just did one in 2018 that was our last one uh the and 20th anniversary of separated at birth uh but um um yeah that was basically when Will picked up and moved it it wasn't the kind of band it was was such a personality driven band Mm -hmm. that we couldn't just take someone else and put them in the slot and keep, keep going. It was, it was going to be Robbie and Will and, and, and myself. So uh, once he moved, that was pretty much pretty much it. And we did um, on my album, uh, there's a track that's uh, uh, one, of, one of my favorite tracks on the album. It's actually um, the Andersons and the Bengals. So we kind of brought all, all those worlds together for, the, for that song.
4: No, you can't open. Till
0: yeah, we definitely want to talk about that get to that we have that that noted but i wanted to mention derek that i've seen you play lots of times um in clubs and on larger stages and um one of the first probably the first time that i saw you play is part of the international pop overthrow the ipo mm-hmm. show and i think mm-hmm. that's the first time i probably heard you on disc because um with volume three there's an anderson's track And a Chewy Marble track, so um, I think that's where I originally saw you and a lot of those guys as part of the power pop scene playing. But um, yeah, so I noticed that um, another band, I think simultaneously while you were doing the Andersons, you were also um, the bass player for Chewy Marble. Right. Was that happening at the same time? doing both uh, bands.
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, uh there was a period in the um 90s, uh, mid to late 90s where I was probably like five or six different bands right. and they were all kind of had some sort of output that they were doing. So, uh yeah, uh True Marble came about uh you know, Brian Cass and uh the main songwriter and keyboard player uh, was the bass player in the Wondermans. So that's how I knew Brian, because of the Wondermans and the Andersons used to do uh, a lot of shows together. And uh, Brian, uh, when he left the Wondermans, he wanted to pursue his own thing, which was Tui Marble. And I was kind of, and he approached me, you know, can, we got this show, can you fill in? That that kind of thing. So I uh, almost resisted being a, a full-time member, but it, it, actually, Ruby <laughs> Fish was the same thing. It was kind of like we need a bass player. Can you fill in? Oh, okay. And then uh, they stopped looking for somebody else. So, <laughs> uh, um, but uh, yeah. So, um, Brian was recording that album and uh, asked me if I would play on the album. And, you know, sure, okay. So, um learned all those songs that we were pretty much doing in the set anyway, for the most part. And uh, I can remember uh, recording that um, Rusty Squeezebox from Baby Lemonade was the engineer for it. And there was something with the bass tracks that uh, something had to be redone with them. so. I don't know what kind of tech, I forget what kind of technical issue it was but I can remember, can you come in and 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 reduce we do this we do this track okay how about this one and so I pretty much sat down and redid all the bass for the entire album like the one one sitting wow. uh, I do remember that about about that album It fun it was a good band
0: oh yeah yeah great songs fun to watch yeah oh
1: my gosh i so i've gotta ask you know i i like that story because uh, hey do you mind doing one try oh here are all the tracks you know where Derek anderson puts his his mark on it you know one of the things that jeff and i have talked about uh preparing for the show is what an interesting um breadth of artists that you've worked with Um, just to name a few, many people know you from uh, uh, working and touring with the Bengals, but also Dave Davies from the Kings, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Steve Barton of Translator, Mm -hmm. the Smithereens, the Cowsills, Matthew Sweet, just to name a few, right? Yeah, (laughs) a little (laughs) bit. You've done your homework. (laughs) And, And we're curious, how do you go from working with some of the bands that you've already just mentioned to us to these sort of gigs touring with artists like this. How does that happen?
2: Uh, l- I guess luck of the draw and who you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty much it. Um, let's see, the smithereens, that's an interesting story how that came about. Uh, uh, I once again, going back to the demo tape that I had, I went down to the House of Blues they were playing. Uh, I couldn't tell you what year this was. Uh, Mid '90s, I think it was. Uh, might have been. Uh, I'm not even sure if I had the Andersons going yet or not. But they were playing at the House of Blues. I had my tape in hand. Went down to the sound check. Kind of stood and watched them. After they were done, I went up to Pat and said, "I dig your stuff. Here's my." Wow. <laughs> and uh, he checked it out on the bus when they left, and was like. This is this is just pretty good, and I think they were playing somewhere, uh, like in, in the Ventura Theater, somewhere kind of outside of LA the next night. So I went to that show as well, and um, and I'm standing, you know, kind of in, in the front. And he says, "I I see a few faces here from uh, from uh, last night in LA." And he says, "Derek, what do you want to hear?" So I knew at that point, okay, he listened. He <laughs> knows who I am now. Hi. Right. Um, <laughs> And um, Severo uh, Dornation, who was uh, Mike Mostero's replacement, was a friend of mine as well. So uh, I think Pat probably said, hey, Severo, do you know this Derek Anderson kid? And Severo's like, yeah, I know him. Um, and when Severo couldn't do shows for whatever reason, uh, then they would call me. And I never auditioned for them and they never had, Pat would never do song lists. He would tell you what the first few songs were, and then he would just call them out. So wow. you had to be like, ah, you know. And, and I would always tell him uh, beforehand, I would say, okay, whatever you do, these songs I'm kind of sketchy on, so don't call these. So <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how I wound up Um uh, with the Smithereens. How
4: about doing a girl like you? We'll do it for you right All now. All right, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> We're right doing the Smithereens. Do One, two, three, four. I used to travel in shadows and never found the light. to walk. Too much to lose. Alright, I'll say anything you want to give I'll see everything through. I'll teach everything I have to do just to win the love of a gift you. Alright, a gift like you.
2: And it's almost like you do one thing, somebody hears about it right. uh, that uh, is within that circle. And then that leads you to another thing. Um, I know the Smithereens were, they were actually supposed to be Dave Davies' backing band. Um, I want to say in the mid 90s, but something fell through with that. So they, the Smithers knew that, that I had already played with Dave. So that was an, uh, a, a mark, a notch in, in my favor then, that I had actually already played with Dave. And that,
3: uh, mm.
2: so, um, and let's see. Um, and it's almost the same thing with uh, the Bangles and the Cow Cells. The, the Cow Cells, uh, Bob would do a, um, I think it was like a semi-monthly thing at uh, the Pots and Hounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go and see him. Uh, how did him, let me think how this worked. Uh, Robbie Sharf, his regular bass player. Um, whenever he couldn't do shows, I wound up subbing for uh, Robbie. And uh, that's kind of how I got in playing with uh with bob and uh, i can remember it was probably uh, i can't remember all my all my my years are starting to blur together
3: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> what, what year was this uh i think two, yeah 2008 um there was a bob copsell show and susan was in town uh paul copsell was in town uh john didn't have a beach boys gig so he was in town and um Robbie Sharp couldn't do the gig on bass, so I got to come in and basically uh play this you know club gig playing covers with the cow wow and uh you know to to be on stage and for the first time being submerged in that harmony thing that only they do was like uh yeah that was pretty amazing um but uh so Vicky came to that show, of course, with John. Um, And it was months later when I got the call about auditioning uh, for Bangles. But um, when I was talking to Vicky, I reminded her, I said, now, you know, you've seen me play before, right? And she's like, oh, what? And I said, yeah, I remember at the Pox and the Hounds when uh, uh, John, Came and you, you and John came, and you actually took a picture of me with <laughs> with uh, the cow folks. And she's like, "Oh, that was you." I'm like, "Yep, that was me." So nice. yeah, that that helps. That, that was another <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, it's like who who you know and, and and what and timing and just how things kind of fall together.
0: Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bangles. Yeah. One, two, three,
1: realizing uh, Derek's demo is the golden ticket. That's like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. <laughs> yeah. We have to get our hands on this and listen to it because that demo just by your own stories has opened so many doors. I'm yeah. intrigued. It's yeah. a- amazing. I love and
2: it. One amazing point about the, um, the demo that I had before that, one, I the one that kind of opened up doors here, I recorded here, uh, but I did one right before I left Toledo. And that has a song on it that uh, I wrote in 88, I think. And I wanted to, my intentions were, I want to write one of those Smithereens kind of songs. Okay. So long story short, to kind of wind it all up, um, I was able to have the Smithereens as the backing band for that song on my album. Wow. Yeah. not everybody gets to say that so yeah
0: (laughs) not yeah not many at all (laughs) yeah
1: that is full circle right there yeah yeah
3: love it
0: we we had um debbie peterson on our show and we were i had asked her about um the since the Bengals had a few different base periods over their career with annette with mickey and um, yourself, and um, I know there was a, a couple of others that were in there, and I was asking her, um, and I think, Soraya, I, I kind of put my foot in my mouth, because I was asking her, "What do you have a favorite bass player? <laughs> and she said, well, that's, of course, difficult to answer, but I will say that Derek and I really um, connected, that we really had a connection together, and um, she def- she made a point of that. Am I right, Soraya? Like, she definitely yeah, absolutely. said she said no, that the that's two, of you, yeah, that the two of you, yeah, have a connection. I,
2: feel, I feel the exact same way. I was gonna most ask, definitely. yeah,
0: from your point of view, did you feel? I mean, it feels like you two really locked in as a rhythm section. Um, do, so, from your point of view, you, you see the same that you and oh Jay. yeah,
2: oh yeah, most definitely. We, uh, uh, um, I, I won't. The, the The thing that comes to mind is to say, yeah, we brought the rock, the, the two of us. It okay. <laughs> was a different kind of rock, but it was like. Uh, 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 but but yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, I remember there was a show um that Brian Casson came to, and it was the first time that he had seen uh, me with them, and he said, uh, yeah, "Uh, you guys are like uh, Pete and Bruce Thomas." Mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh wow, okay,
1: Hi there. <laughs> All right, but, but nice. yeah,
2: but uh, yeah, that that that's
0: something." Yeah, absolutely. That's more
1: than something. I'm sorry. That's that's electric. I like that. <laughs> okay, I have to ask. And me being just just fangirling for a minute, any special moments or anything stand out that you'd like to share with our listeners about uh, touring or working with the Bengals? Like any one moment or something that really jumped out to you?
2: Um. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. I'll
1: take it.
2: I'll take it. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, um, I think early on, I kind of tried to equate what that whole experience was. And its it was almost like um, you're in high school and there's these girls that are a little bit older than you and you don't really have any classes together because they're older than you, but okay. you totally would have found each other and hung out each other with each other because they were so cool and into such great music and the same kind of music that I was into, and uh, there was just sort of an, an immediate uh, camaraderie uh, uh, between all of us. And I think uh, I think that's probably because their idea um, when they were auditioning bass players was they were going to just have a, a kind of a rotating group of guest bass players. Okay. And um, so I was going to be just kind of one of many. But I think when I went in and um, uh, met with them and and just kind of hung out and played and it was, and it was like, uh, this is, we like this guy. This, this, <laughs> is, this is good. So um, yeah, it's like, uh, um, I can't say yeah, it wasn't like fanboy, like, ooh, I did, it was like, these are cool folks. They do cool music. I've known about it forever. I know all the, I, you know, when, when I, I remember when I went to audition, um, I think I was the last one up and I knew uh, some of the people that had auditioned as well that were friends of mine and friends of theirs. And um, I said, uh, I think it was only four songs. I couldn't tell you which four they were now, but I remember saying, Okay, well, I'm here. There's somebody after me. I want to play this song. I want to play this song. I want to play this song. I want to play... so.
1: <laughs> four. Okay? Four.
2: <laughs> that four God. is not enough. If I'm here and I know your stuff anyway. No, we play some more. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So, that. I'm
1: assuming there wasn't a moment like what you told the Smithereens, "Hey, hey, hey, these uh couple of songs I'm not I'm not jiving with yet, but no?"
3: Yeah. A- no, no, everything no, no. was we, fair we, game. Is, yeah, yeah, Love yeah. It. <laughs> oh, that's
1: Derek's awesome. my kind of musician, I like it.
0: So Derek, when when you got the gig or started playing f- with the Bengals, did you set out to learn Annette's parts and Mickey's parts, exactly how they play them? Or did you wanna put in a little bit of Derek into it or? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you,
2: you have to use those parts as your springboard. Because those are the parts that, that those parts make the songs do what they do. Uh, but yeah, you, you, I think you can't help but put a little bit of yourself uh, into it. So uh, yeah, I kind of, I'd like to think that I kind of found the fine line to, uh, to bring both of those elements together when I played with them.
0: Yeah, I did notice um, at a couple of shows that I saw that, I don't know if anybody else noticed, but I felt like there's there was some personality coming out in those while still maintaining the essence of the original. So I was like, yeah, yeah there's, there's some Derek in there. Cause I, I've, I'm familiar with the Andersons. I'm familiar with Chewy Marvel um, before I ever saw you play with the Bengals. So when you started playing with them and I, I think one of the first shows I might've saw you with was in San Diego. Um, I think it was called the fourth and B club or something like that. I think that might have been. Did you play with them uh, in San Diego? I'm trying to. Uh, I think, I think we played the House of Blues in San. Maybe, Diego. maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But um, I remember that was the first time, and I'm like, oh, that's the Andersons guy. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I could, I could hear some of the bass lines that, that yep, true to the original. But that's that's Derek too. So that's yeah, why I, I was. Think,
2: Abe Laborio Jr. He's a great example of doing that with uh, with Beatles stuff. He's you know he's not just copying the Ringo bits, but but the feel that he brings is like very much how those songs need to feel to be up and running and doing what they do. But yet he puts his totally puts his own personality into them as well.
0: I love that. Uh, So um, I did want to bring up another record that you played on, and it's a connection with Vicky, and it's the Psycho Sisters record. So. They put out the album in 2014 um, Mm -hmm. up on the chair, Beatrice. And you played on that as well right yeah 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 that was a lot of fun yeah How how is that being in the studio with so you you've played with the castles you've played with the Bengals, and here you are with the two of them susan and vicky how was it laying down those tracks
2: uh it was a a lot of fun the way that kind of came about um i think we recorded it it didn't come out until 2014 uh, but it was recorded and i think it was 2011 and 2012. Oh, wow. um, and it was at uh, Dockside Studios in um, uh, Louisiana. Uh, and when they were kind of making noise, Vicky and Vicky uh, and Susan, that they were going to try to record it, I said to them both, and I can remember uh, backstage telling them both, you know I need to play on this. When you guys when you guys actually do this, I need to play on this. And they were like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so uh, they had uh, tape uh, demos for a few of the songs that I had beforehand, but for the most part, a lot of it was just sort of uh, we would record a track and they would uh, um, uh, kind of run it down with everybody. You know, here's how it goes, and then we just go in, put the headphones on, and then. Uh, try to bank something out so it was a a pretty i think it was over a period of three days uh that's the way the dock side works is you pretty much move in there and they have uh there's like a um they have separate uh quarters for you to stay and sleep and then there's a studio and a separate uh building and it's all kind of one compound so we just kind of you know you, you bring your suitcases and your instruments and you pop them down and then you go and you to and walk out to the studio and do your thing uh and that's pretty much uh how that came together but yeah it was, it was a lot of fun and I, I know there were some tracks where uh john cowsell was the drummer and then some tracks where uh, uh susan's husband uh, russ was the drummer so um it, it was great but you know, playing, because the, the, each of their styles were a little bit different too. So it was uh, yeah. great uh, kind of bringing that all together and uh, uh, making that whole thing happen.
0: I'm glad they listened to you when you told them that you had to be on their record, so. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> they did too.
1: <laughs> so I, I wanna just backtrack a little bit, um, talking about, uh, you know, two two different shows. So we mentioned, uh, um, 2013, we see you um, at the fun- the benefit for education through Music LA at the Fonda in December mm-hmm. for this Paisley Underground reunion. But also, mm-hmm. um, uh, we, we um, were just wondering, OK, first of all, I got to say, every time I've seen Derek on stage, it, it's this smile, and you just look like you're having a ton of fun. Yeah. Was that yeah. night How a ton of not? fun? Oh, how would it not be? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> what just,
2: about what about that night would be like, oh. Right. Another gig. Get, how much do I get paid? Uh, when's it going to be open? No, are you kidding? <laughs> it was fantastic.
1: See, yeah. like I'm thinking about, here's this guy that, forgive me if I get the last name wrong, the Makowski brothers.
2: Bing, oh, Bingowski. Bingowski. Right.
1: I'm going to. Benchowski.
0: Soraya so is so a the note taker.
1: I write everything down. So the Pinhouskey brothers listening to one brother say, Hey, listen to this, and you know, Bangles Dream Syndicate at three o'clock, and then boom, you're on stage with them. Yeah. That's insanity.
2: Yeah, another one of those other things that doesn't happen to everybody. Uh, man
1: oof. it happens to Derek Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> the magic man. That's what I'm gonna yeah. start calling you now. You're magic man.
2: i think uh, that 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 band with the binkowski brothers uh we actually used to do um uh, i think we did jet fighter wow uh, by the three o'clock and i think we did her heads revolving too as as i recall so yeah um and i remember we used to have to go being from toledo uh nobody on that uh, indie level really comes through Toledo. So you had to go to Detroit to see anybody worth seeing. So um, a lot of those bands that we saw at St. Andrews Hall up in Detroit. And um, so, yeah, um, getting to see them at that point and then years, decades later, getting to share a stage with them, is that, yeah.
0: On that show well actually there was two shows because there was the San Francisco show I think the night before the Paisley yeah, Underground the
2: bands
0: yeah. yeah so was that particular show playing with the Bengals because I know Vicky introduced you guys as the bangs for this night were the bangs again was that any different than any of the other shows that you played with them um, playing as the bangs with these other uh, other Paisley Underground bands
2: Uh it, it, it was different in that you know it's it's that show with those bands like because uh, I didn't I wasn't um I didn't get to see you know I, I wish I did live in LA in like you know the early 80s and got to see all those bands uh when the Pace the Underground scene was happening of course we uh we knew about it but uh yeah um, um I can almost imagine how cool it would have been to being to be able to see them uh in in their heyday doing the thing that they do all together so you know to be able to to actually experience that firsthand um and be on the stage and help help create that
3: yeah
0: um no complaints for me you were amazing that night and sarai and i often look back at that night as a very very special night um for us for obvious reasons but there just seemed to be a lot of Love between the bands, a lot of love oh, in the yeah. audience. We were up against the stage right up front. So, and you killed it that night. I gotta oh, say, that's it.
1: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you
0: totally killed it. And Soraya's not joking about that smile that's on your face, which is very infectious. So,
1: no, and, oh, and look, Derek, we've seen you. We've seen you at Wild Honey Benefits. We've seen you with your own projects. Um, we've seen you at backyard shows. Um, we're gonna get here in a minute. <laughs> but, um, we've seen you and it's just this infectious joy. You're just always smiling. And, you know, as a fan, you just look and go, I wonder if he's really having that much fun. And absolutely. Now you've just confirmed it to me. I sense it. Jeff senses it. Everybody senses it. And we love watching you play. We feed off of that energy. Oh, thank you. Nice to hear
2: Yeah, as it should be. Uh, uh, That actually, that that reminds me, um, I can remember uh, when the police had their reunion show uh, like 10, 18 years ago at the Hollywood Bowl. And I remember watching them and they seemed like they were miserable. And I was like, should I be having fun? Because you guys don't look like you (laughs) sound great. You're all playing great. It's great to hear these songs, but I don't know if you guys are having any fun at all. Yeah. So am I having fun? I don't know. So, yeah.
0: That, uh, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw that same tour in San Diego with Elvis Costello was, as the opening act, and yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. They looked like they they could care less about each other or the music, which is... yeah. And we were there excited to get to hear the police after all these years, so I know exactly what you're talking about. So, Derek, I have another question, and I'm I often put my foot in my mouth asking questions that I probably shouldn't ask or maybe they're not softball. But I have I had a question um, about December 2016 and the Bengals had a run of three shows at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, which you were there. It was awesome. I went, I went on the night that the Pandoras were the opening act. I think, Soraya, you were there for the last? Maybe? Yeah. Okay, or the Muffs? One of the two. You were at a different right. show than I went to. Yeah. But, um, and you guys killed it at the whiskey. Uh, the, the videos that I saw for two nights that I wasn't there and then the night that I was there was amazing. Then um, original bass player Annette Zelenskis gets asked up to guest on a couple songs, and you looked like you were happy with it. Did you have any concerns at that point? Like, uh-oh, the gig is up?
2: Oh, no, no, no. I mean, uh, um, in, in, in a way, um, I certainly don't mind keep having kept the seat warm for, for her all those years. I mean, you know, she it, that's her gig uh she, she was there first uh, literally she, she, she <laughs> was there first so um i remember going to uh um uh, rehearsals for that and uh and, I, and i've known annette for years anyway uh uh well i think with blood 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 in the saddle, blood on the saddle yeah. um yeah yeah we, uh, anderson's and, and her band we we had done shows together so i i knew her anyway Ooh. but when she came to uh, the auditions uh I'm um, not auditions, for the uh, uh, rehearsals for, for those shows, yeah. She, um, you know, she, she comes in and she's kind of setting up and getting getting ready to play. And I said, the 14-year-old fanboy in me is, like, hysterical right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes,
0: yes,
3: yeah. Uh, and I, uh,
0: knowing how Annette is, I bet she was probably thinking, I've got to learn D- Derek's parts <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah, she's not a come in and dominate the the show kind of person, right? She's like she's she's got a great personality, and Anna, uh,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, I was more than glad to hand, hand over the bass. <laughs> let her do her thing. Right.
0: I was I was wondering about that because you had a that was a sweet gig, right? Um, yeah. Playing bass for the Bengals, and and that that was yeah. kind of the transition was... back. Yeah. Exactly, Soraya, What do you got next?
1: Oh, okay. So Jeff, first of all, I want you to be jealous because this is to Soraya, My, right? Which Mr. Anderson signed for me. Yes, he did. At a backyard, uh-huh. wild honey backyard show. So thank My,
0: you. No so signature <laughs> yeah. on this one. So. <laughs> and before you ask a question, Saraya, I will say, best song of 2017 send me down a sign. I, oh, I, I oh, could, guess you almost had to be there them through the pages of my
4: life. Is there nothing more to see there? Take another chance to get it right.
0: the bad part about having that as the lead off track i could i never got past track one for like three weeks it was (laughs) i i i could not stop playing that song but easily my favorite song of 2017
1: okay so now i'm gonna add to this so um Jeff and I have have talked about how during this last year music has been a saving grace and um it's the one thing that just kind of keeps us going and let me tell you uh there are days and there are days and there are days where Phyllis and Sharon come up in my <laughs> come up on my uh old uh, Bluetooth uh musical selection in the car and that first of all I start speeding
3: <laughs> and,
1: uh, i'm speeding mom. down no matter street highway whatever i'm there and i'm yelling and screaming it is first of all it's just one of those songs that it just it, it gets me all revved up i love it So many fantastic tracks send me down a sign was one of the ones that i was like jeff like i got stuck on that song for a while because like it was really poignant and beautiful and it came to me at a moment where that was the message that i was ready to hear so ah uh, yeah yeah you. yeah just thank you okay yes. my favorite. So now, now let me pose a more okay. organized question so tying most of the musical connections that we've talked about with you today You released this in uh, 2017, A World Mm -hmm. of My Own, a solo album. And um, Jeff and I, you know, we can't love it more than we've already told you. We've gushed and fangirled about it. But so on this one, you bring in a lot of guests. And you've already mentioned quite a few um, to help you record the song. So members of the Andersons, the Bengals, the Smithereens, Matthew Sweet, many, many more. We want to know because we we're also aware of the, you know, a little bit of the story, the backstory of this, you know, that it was uh, over a period of time. So talk to us a little bit about the process of writing and recording these songs over the time that it took.
2: Um, Yeah, it it took a really long time. Um, I would say probably starting in 2005, I started hearing from people, when are you going to make a record? And I was like, wow yeah, well, I just finished the Anderson's. What do you want? <laughs> uh, but I, I uh, Dan Matavina in particular, um, who, uh, you guys know Dan Matavina? He uh, um, is an engineer. Uh, he uh, did some, uh, he was behind the reissue, not reissues, I think they were, uh, uh, Demos that Pete Ham did oh. uh, that were released on Ryko Disc, uh, like maybe twenty-five years ago at this point. But uh, I, Dan, brought me in to play bass over some of the Pete Ham demos, and so that's how we met. So he would kind of keep in contact with me throughout the years, and he was probably the uh, the proponent guy who every year January first, you're gonna make a record this year, you're gonna make a record, and I was like, yeah, Dan, I'll I'll, I'll get to it. So it was probably around, I think, 2014 when I actually thought, all right, it is time now. Let's start seeing how I'm going to do this. And I didn't really set out with a method about how I was going to do it. But um, I knew that I had all these people in my musical orbit that uh, I knew that I could call on. And so it was just a matter of, uh, you know, some of the songs were older songs that just never had uh, a a chance to see the light of day. But I always loved Um, some uh, one song the Andersons actually recorded uh, that was on our single, and we used to do it uh, in in the the band, but it was never on a CD of ours. And the version that we did. Was not the version that I had in mind when I wrote it. I wanted it to be like a minute and a half, kind of like you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, done, simple song. Um, So, so that wound up on the record as well. But. Yeah, once I knew that it was time to start really making something, I began to go through the songs and think about who would be ideally suited on which track. And then I just over time would, uh, you know, make the call hey, can I, you want to play on the song on my record? Uh, And no one said no. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody was uh, into it and more more than happy to help. And you know, and of course, by that time I had the, uh, I could draw on uh, the Bengals to, to, to do some stuff. I, and uh, Greg Hilfman, the uh, our, our Bengals keyboard player, uh, he's on a few tracks. Uh, and, and even um, Dennis Taylor, who was the Bengals guitar tech, who actually auditioned right before me. Uh, he's on a bunch of stuff as well. Uh, we lost Dennis, uh, uh, months back uh, he had a heart attack and and we lost him uh but uh but he's on he's on a bunch of tracks on the record so yeah it it was just pretty much um who i could get for whatever song and uh i just happened to have all these people orbiting my universe that i could call on and uh they were more than happy to do their thing
0: i've got to say derek that whether it's the anderson's or your own record a world of my own your melodies, your vocal melodies are insanely catchy. And just, um, just yeah, they just, oh, just gets me. So I, now that we've talked to you and I didn't make the connection, but you've mentioned the AM radio that you're listening to in Toledo and listening to the Partridge family. Okay, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from, Derek. I get it, uh, yeah. very catchy, very catchy. But um, how did Omnivore come to be involved to release the record? Uh, I think that was pretty much through Pat Thomas. He was uh uh
2: my partner, Jim Lespisa, who Jim Jim's on the record a, a lot as well, but uh Jim uh was friends with Pat and Pat had a connection to Omnivore. And when the uh when I I think I was just about done mixing the whole thing and had uh you know a a working version of it. And uh Jim gave that. To Pat, because uh, I had kind of hoped as I was recording it and as I was seeing how it was sounding and, and knowing who was on it that it would be pretty much um, right up Omnivore's Alley. And um, once Pat had it, uh, Pat thought the same thing and passed it on to, to Cheryl over there. And uh, one thing led to another. And they, was, they were like, yeah, we'll license this for me. Wow. So nice. That's how that came to be.
1: Telling nice. you, Jeff, he's the magic man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's so, funny
0: that you mentioned Pat because I was just looking at my text and Pat sending me text messages about kiss. So right when you're talking about Pat, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting
3: kiss, right? he, he, knows. he knows.
1: He
3: knows. <laughs> I think he knows.
1: Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, we wanted to um, ask you just a, a question, obviously about um, the video for "When I Was Your Man." which features uh Debbie and vicki Peterson of the Bangles mm-hmm. and the late great Kim shadow of yeah It's a really fun video to watch so fun. And it's really so fun. Glad that we have it um, and we're just curious about this video shoot because that must have been fun I know it's work but with that crew that must have been really fun
2: oh yeah how, yeah how could it not be <laughs> uh, that's uh, the way that that came to be um, once again going back to Dan Matavina, Um Dan had the idea. He says, uh, um, I know this, I had this friend of mine, this uh, videographer friend. Uh, we want to do a video for something from the album. And uh, uh, the more I thought about it, it was like, well, that, that song would have been the obvious choice for video. Let me see if I can get uh, uh, Kim and Vicki and, uh, and Debbie and see if they're interested in, in doing something. And of course, uh, they were. And um, I knew that the simplest, cheapest way to do something would be just to have a white background. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan thought the same thing. And I remember Dan and I went out for lunch to kind of discuss things. And and Dan said, yeah, we could put up some white sheets. And I was like, because I, my, I have a TV background.
1: Okay.
2: Um, so I was like, no, you can't do nothing with no white. This ain't no garage. thing. No, you let me find a studio that has a nice psych white thing that we can do this on. So, uh, I uh, I got on online and kind of did some research into some different studios and things. And there was one uh, that had the uh, um you know, the white psych background wall, um. And they were relatively cheap, and they did a, a block of four hours for I, I forget what the price was, but it was a pretty low price. And they basically had everything there. So uh, uh, Dan and I and the videographer uh, we all went and checked it out, and we were like, uh, "Yeah, this this will work." So um, we set up a date, and we all went down. And they had the uh, drum kit there, so that we didn't have to bring anything. Um and Dan kind of had his shots planned out and what he how he wanted it to look and what he wanted to do. And the whole Brady Bunch thing at the end, that, that was Dan's idea. Okay. That was solely his thing. Uh but uh yeah, we just went down and
3: uh
2: four hours, the whole thing. In in out. Wow. In carry yourself in, carry yourself out the door four hours. Wow. And
0: uh yeah. That video is so much fun, Derek. It's just so much fun. Right? Yeah. But see, see
1: point, no garage studio.
3: (laughs) Yes,
2: yes, yes. (laughs) No garage. No white, no white, she's hanging up.
3: No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Soraya, you were bragging about your record that had a. Yes.
1: Okay. This is now my jealousy part.
0: Okay. So I have this little signature here from uh this record which Derek I think is your latest single right so yeah. it's a cover of the Don't Lose Your Temper by XTC Don't lose
3: your temper Don't lose your temper Don't lose your temper cause I love you with you wild don't lose your temper don't lose-
0: The flip side um, is an artist that you might be familiar with, Jim Lespisa, and him and and Rob do Dear Madam Barnum. But this single um, released um, on Future Man Records, is, and it's um, part of a double CD collection, I think, Um, Garden of Earthly Delights, the XTC celebration. How did this come about? And by the way, this is fantastic, and I wanna talk about the video for this after. And so how did how did you get involved with this project?
2: Uh that was Keith Klingensmith uh, from Future Man Records. He, um, you know, he had the thought to to do the XCC tribute album, and he uh, sent me a text and said, "Hey, do you want to be involved with this and pick uh, a song?" And I said, um, "Yeah, uh, mo- I most certainly do." And uh, I kind of had to go. I knew that I wanted to find a song that was um, uh, that it was easy to kind of take a little bit of the uh, Andy Partridge croakiness out and inject something else into it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was kind of going through the um, different albums, and I remembered uh, "Don't Use, Don't Lose Your Temper," and I thought maybe I can kind of do more of a uh, sort of squeeze by way of Motowny kind of vibe thing. Uh, sax in, in there and uh, so I, I demoed that up and uh, I knew that uh, Robbie Riss would be great on drums and I knew uh, Mike Simmons uh, who I've known for decades that he would be great on guitar because he's a huge XCC guy mm-hmm. and um, just booked the studio uh, Steve Raffling who uh, was the uh, producer and engineer for my record uh, I did it with, with him uh and um yeah it, it came out came out pretty good
0: it's really good yeah and the video is a lot of fun too uh, I love those kind of videos that have a very loose beginning where it's all like not together yet and it's kind of all over the place and everybody's getting ready and fall starts and whatnot and then all of a sudden it all comes together uh, that that video is so much fun is that video um, is any of that actual recording or is that Stage for the video.
2: It's pretty much the uh, uh, it, it's it's the recording that's in the video is of course the final mixed version. But uh, um, the tracks, you know, uh, I guess. Let me digress a bit by saying, I had no idea that Mike Simmons was doing this. Oh. I knew that he had his he had his, you know, his phone up and he was kind of videotaping stuff. Not uh, uh, you know making videos oh, of th- stuff, um, and I knew when I, when I did my vocal that he was in the room and he was you know sh- shooting that as well, and hadn't I thought he was kind of doing it for pos- prosperity's sake, and it was maybe two days later that he texted me this video. And I was like, I didn't even, I had no idea that you were doing this, or, or, or that you were doing this for the purpose. the purpose of kind of putting something together. And uh, uh, and I said, but I, I'm glad you did because this is pretty cool.
0: It's very cool, in yeah. my opinion. It's very cool. I love that video. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. and it's a great song. But um, again, one of those things where you could hear, um, you could hear things about the original version, but it's got that. The Andersons kind of feel in it too, to me. So that's, yeah, that is so Derek Anderson. So, and, <laughs> and the flip side's not too bad either if you buy the single. So, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's, it's, yeah they,
0: they, they did all right with that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that, that whole thing was
2: Jim's idea. Uh, um, I think the, um, the CD had been out for a few months or so, and uh, Jim uh, liked the idea of just doing a short run, 45, uh, just kind of as just just to have it be out there in the world, kind of. And uh, he kind of uh, did a little uh, survey of sorts to see if there was any interest in people actually buying it so that it could at least pay for itself. Yeah, you know, yeah. that, that the whole thing was, can I make this and can it pay for itself? And then it will be in this world. It, it will exist in this world. So um, mm-hmm. it looked like, uh, yeah, it's a go people are interested enough to make it pay for itself and uh, so um he kind of did some research about uh who's best to go with doing the short run vinyl thing and uh and
0: uh weeks later there it, there it was in our hands very good. i'm so glad that he did that being a, a vinyl nut myself so i'm glad to have your your guys' songs on on vinyl yeah sing, singles are a great format too for me so So Derek, before we let you go, um, and I know Soraya has um, one last question that she usually asks our artists. I wanted to ask you, being that February, the shortest month of the year is Black History Month, right? Unfortunately, the shortest month of the year gets Black History Month. Yeah, it's just like that.
2: uh, Yeah, who's who's the first one to get killed in the horror films? (laughs)
0: It's us, it's always us. (laughs) um, (laughs) I wanted to ask you, you, I think Soraya, that Derek's probably our first African-American guest. Okay. I know are a lot of Latin guests, but anyways, has race ever been an issue um, in the scenes that you've played? No, no,
2: no, never. Cool. Never, 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 yeah. um, It, it, it I, I would almost say in my life period, it's never, <laughs> it's never been an issue. Excellent. Um, I can, uh, when I was, let me digress a bit, when I was two, Uh, My dad worked in the government. Uh, He uh, got transferred from Toledo to uh, France. So I'm two years old. I'm playing with these white French kids learning how to speak French as a two-year-old. And so one might say from that point on, there's no, it's never been an issue uh, in my life at all. Excellent. Very cool. All
1: right. Do you still speak French?
2: Uh it sounds it always sounds so familiar to me. Just the, the sounds of it. But no. Uh Hello, nous parlerons en français. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oui, oui, oui.
1: <laughs> how long how long, uh, uh, were you and your family in France?
2: Um for about uh I think we were in France for almost uh Two years, and we were in Germany for maybe a year. not uh, almost a year, I think. And then oh, we came back okay. to the states in '67.
1: I'm not gonna bust out my yeah. broken old awful German. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't <laughs> do that. German, French was I didn't better. really
2: learn anything at all. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't think I was there long enough. Uh, but French, I was. You know, you're at that age where you're just absorbing everything. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, I, can, yeah, I, I have definite memories of uh, being over there. And the, uh, one in particular, um, I have always, ever since I can remember pretty much, Mount Rushmore has made me uneasy. Just the sight of Mount Rushmore okay. makes me, to this day, makes me uneasy. Um, and I never really thought about why or questioned why until I was probably Oh, in my early 20s, I think like Entertainment Tonight was doing a Hitchcock retrospective and they showed a clip from North by Northwest and I turned to my mom and I said, when we were in France and I was like three or so, did you guys take me with you to see North by Northwest? And she said, yeah. And I said, do you know
1: what you did to me? (laughs) Oh mama. Wow, that's, uh, Hitchcock yeah. at
0: three—that's probably. I mean, <laughs>
1: that's deep. That's a that's a deep three thir- three-year-old. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's going. not. Like,
0: it's not like Moana or Frozen, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and just imagine this little this little three-year-old kid in French going, "Do you know what my parents took me to see at the theater? They took me to see Hitchcock. Can you imagine yeah. such big, a thing? Big 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 heads, big not much on heads. They're climbing on their heads. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then it begs a question. Have you now as an adult and now as an aware person making the connection, have you ever gone?
2: I don't want to go to Mount Rushmore.
0: No. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there, Derek. I'm
3: with you. I had to ask the question.
1: I've never been either. So I haven't either. <laughs> Who knew? Okay, Derek, we have to ask because first of all, it's just been such a pleasure to sit and chat with you about uh, your work and I, I, I love listening to musicians talk about their craft. Jeff is a musician, I'm not, I'm all fan. Um, what can we expect in the future from you? Like what, what are you working on or what can fans look forward to?
2: Um, well, uh, the Anderson's second album is actually gonna be re-released. Um, uh, technically, I think the release date was going to be February 5th. And it was going to be, uh, 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 let's see, I have it right here. I uh, uh, Liberation Hall, they were, uh, they're were they putting it out uh, through Smile Records. Um, the thing about that is quality control, uh, they had a tea break when it came to my record. Uh-oh. To reissue to, with this, they had a tea break in a different part of the world and they were on it for a really long time. And when they came back, it was already done. So there's two tracks missing. Oh no. Um, and I knew about this through Mike Simmons. He he texted me and he said, do you know there's two tracks missing from your record and there's something, something missing from ours? So I got on, uh, I texted Tony Valenciano, who's behind it, and I said, well, uh, what's going on? And he said, oh, no, you, you, yours is fine. It, it's, uh, uh, there were some problems with the spark- Sparkle Jets one, but Anderson's is okay. And you should be getting some in the mail um, uh, in a couple of days. So it came in the mail, and I put it on in the car, and I'm listening, and I hadn't listened to it in, in years. Uh-huh. But, you know, your mind kind of knows what the next song is supposed to be. And I uh, was like, no, something something is missing here. And then later on in the sequence, nope, something's missing here. So I got home, put it on, looked at the um, how it's uh, laid out on the back cover. And sure enough, there's two tracks missing. No. So um, Tony was... He says, well, we can do a, and it's a short run anyway on it. It's pretty much meant to be a digital only release, but I think for a few artists, he did a short run of like 500 uh, discs. Um, and um, long story short, I told him the more I, the more that I thought about it, they have to be recalled because this should not be put out in the world again, incomplete with these tracks missing. It's It's, it's got some bonus tracks on it, but you shouldn't have the album be missing anything okay for, for, for the 10 people who might want it they they want they should have the whole thing and not something yeah yeah um so and i checked the digital realm um it's on apple music but it also has those same two tracks missing so he's got to pull that down you know Put the tracks up, and then we you we know, submitted to to Apple Music and all the digital platforms out there. Okay. Uh, so that will be coming out soon. Soon the way it's supposed to, yeah. So and, Yeah, okay. and I'm uh, this whole all of I'd say all of 2020, I felt like creatively just gone. Just it just took everything, every ounce of even wanting to be creative. Um, I just didn't feel like it. It's it's like, you know, I'm sure there are people who was was like, this is the catalyst to to get me going and wanting to do all kinds of stuff. For me, it was like, ah, ah, there's my bass over there, and it's looking good. Leaning up against that wall there, it looks (laughs) real good. Mm, There's my guitar. Yep, still there. But uh, I just didn't have the spirit to do anything. Um, Steve Barton had a I think seven tracks that he wanted some bass on. So this was maybe late summer. So I actually uh, did that and picked up the bass and kind of uh, learned his stuff. And that kind of got me going a little bit. Okay. And then as the uh, months went on in 2020, I kind of started feeling a little bit creative, a little bit more, a little bit more. And now I'm actually starting to make demos for stuff for the next
0: record. Yeah. So I was uh... I was hoping and waiting and just hoping. <laughs> and that this was gonna come, so.
2: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and I got, I, I, you know, there's plenty of stuff that's already written, but plenty of stuff that uh, I'm kind of writing now. Um, but uh, long story short, yeah, this year, I um, am going to start doing something.
1: Okay. Well, we're we're here for every single <laughs> bit of it.
0: Yes, So yes, we are. So whenever you,
1: <laughs> you know we have an open door policy, Whenever you want to come on, talk about it, share it, please do. We're, we're more than receptive and we love everything Derek Anderson, so. Yes, and, we do. And very last question, where can our listeners go and uh, buy your music, whether it's World of My Own or the single that Jeff has that I don't, that I'm extremely jealous and need to fix that very quickly. Where can people find, find these things?
2: Uh, probably I'd say Amazon for sure. Amazon's okay. the best point uh, for um, everything. Um, and digitally, it, it's uh, my albums out there on everything. It's on Apple Music, it's on um, um, Spotify, and all the digital platforms. Um, um, and I think I know the first Anderson's record is also out there digitally. So yeah, it's uh, just do a search;
1: it should come up. And if people want to follow you on social media, are you on any of the social media platforms that you wouldn't mind people following you on? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay. And um, there's derrickandersonmusic.com, although uh, um, I don't do a lot to kind of update it because largely there's nothing to update it with. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a great site,
0: though. It is a great site,
2: though.
3: Yeah. Derek, oh, thanks. Derek Anderson. And we'll,
1: we'll, we'll share a link on our Facebook page and uh, when we, um, and on our social media too. So Facebook, Amazon, digital platforms, we can find Anderson's, we can find Derek Anderson's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Stella, and and uh, the single which I mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes you do, yes you do. Exactly.
1: Okay Jeff, before we let Derek go, I have to say, the very first time I met Derek Anderson in person was in the lobby. Of a theater in la for cat stevens and he oh. walks in Oh, he yeah. walks in drinking hand i'm with lena litonwa rory Litonua. i think i was with you too and and uh you and chris i think you were there you we were there but i don't remember meeting derek and it happened to be we were in the lobby and derek anderson and jim Lestez doesn't begin walking in and say hello hello i'd never seen derek before smile ear to ear just happy I knew it was just happy to be in a place where music was being played and things that he liked. But I remember remarking, What a nice guy.
3: <laughs>
1: and literally fool?" he's like that <laughs> all the time. She said, He is one of the nicest guys you're ever gonna meet.
0: Everybody we've talked to that we've mentioned your name, Derek, everybody says that.
1: Literally. Oh, literally beautiful. I mean, I've, I've met Jim Jim Laspiza a number of times, and he's the sweetest guy. But I'd never met you before, and you were just so sweet and so nice and engaging. And we chatted for you know, the group kind of chit chatted for a little bit, and then you went off your way. And I said, wow What a nice guy! So oh, okay. just know, <laughs> I people, just can't help it. People have wonderful opinions about you, and uh, you know, your music speaks for itself. We love this and everything you're involved in. And you're involved in, so please, people, and
3: go the, get. Uh, uh,
1: mine's coming in the mail. <laughs> mine's coming in the mail. But once again, Derek Anderson, thank you so much for joining us today and and letting us ask all our questions. We really appreciate it. And again, anytime, we're always here and ready to welcome you back.
0: Thank you. Sir. All right, good to know.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, I've always been sort of. Uh,
2: Uh, How would I say I I was the kid in the back of the classroom kind of just observing stuff not the one that's uh, up engaging and and, and talk talk talk. Um, And um, uh, uh, so doing any sort of interview type things I'm always like oh, who wants to hear what I had to say anyway and I and I, uh, and I don't want to do it and I don't so which is why it took me a while to get back to you guys about doing this
0: in the first place but we've had, uh we've had requests for you specifically many so we we said we've been working on this this is on our list but yeah we've had requests for to hear from you so oh, not wow. just us too so yeah
1: we try not to be pests Does my
0: mom know where you guys are?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not mom. Not mom. (laughs) Been listening the whole time. (laughs) But thank you so much, and um, this was just super fun. Can't wait to do it again with new material.
3: Yeah,
2: you guys will be the first to know.
1: Woo! I like that (laughs) exclusive.
2: Yeah,
0: thank you, Derek. We really
2: appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, Absolutely. well, you guys have a good evening.
2: Thank you, too. All okay. right, and thanks Bye. for all the Bye. music.
0: Ah, My pleasure. All right, thank you, Derek. OK, take care.
2: See you guys soon. Bye.
0: OK. Oh, Soraya, that was fun. So all of those people who have said Derek is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, Done. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think they were lying. And um, for those of you who don't have this album, you, you need it. You you definitely need it.
1: You know, if for nothing else, one he's a great musician, but two, like he writes a great song, a great song with a great hook.
0: Great hooks, yes.
1: And now that you know, we we heard about his background, you know, AM radio, Partridge Family, but also um, some of his own musical. Uh, heroes that he's talked about you know you can already hear that what is blowing my mind jeff is here's a guy who says "Hmm, i'm gonna go i'm gonna leave toledo i'm gonna go to la 1990 shows up but were you paying attention to that timeline it's like he gets here in 90 the the anderson's release in 95 95 98 2001 and you're like and then like uh here's that demo dude i am i am serious we gotta find somebody who'll let us listen to that demo yeah because i can just hear like oh yeah here's my demo gives it to uh someone in the smithereens a day later he's at another show and they go Derek anderson whoa whoa what
3: <laughs> yeah
1: it's <laughs> amazing but that demo was a was um this great golden ticket.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I love listening to him talk about music and playing with other musicians and and his own creative process. I mean, it's no was sur- a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's no surprise to me. And I don't think I knew that about the Bengals where they were going to have a revolving door of bass players. I, 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 really don't, I don't recall. But it's no surprise to me that once, derek is in playing a couple rehearsals or shows with the band that he's going to become more of more permanent than just uh, a cast of characters revolving through because i mean just look at the guy he's just just what a sweetheart and as you brought up a couple times just watching him perform it's it, you cannot be you cannot be sad and watch derek anderson play bass
1: i think it's impossible
0: yeah, yeah. Or yeah. listen to the music. Um, you cannot be sad music and listen is to this.
1: Super good, whether it's the Andersons and um, Chewy Marble. I mean, there's, I'm still pretty amazed at that timeline, at arriving in the early 90s. And literally, it's just, you know, one thing builds on another builds on another. It, it, to me it's just really neat and I don't think you could find someone more you know I hate to use the word humble but that's it like about his own productivity you know oh I was a guy in the back of the class that you know just kind of watched and you know oh, I was a little weary about it, you know weary about being interviewed couldn't be more pleasant couldn't be more open and honest but also I love the fact that this is a guy that loves being a musician and man I'm glad I didn't go to that police reunion <laughs> because it sounds like I would have been mad seeing a bunch of guys on stage that looked like they wanted to be anywhere but there
0: especially after seeing the opening act Elvis Costello who's high on your your echelon of yes.
3: artists, who yes. came
0: out and killed it and was totally into it and wanting to be there and then the police came out, but I was happy to get to see them, um, but uh, I I do, I do recognize what Derek said when he was talking about them, but um, I never got to see them before they broke up, so it was cool for me to see the reunion show, but I would much rather see a guy on stage who wants to be there and um, is having so much joy as Derek Anderson is. I'd rather see that any day of the week.
1: You know, I just... I like hearing about some of the people he's worked with and some of the people that he continues to work with, you know, because there were quite a few names that kept getting repeated, you know. oh, I wanted to work on this, so I knew Robbie Riss would be into it. I I knew some, you know, bum, 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 bum. And I think that speaks to another quality of his, and that is, you know, he seems to, find and create a community of like-minded people who enjoy playing music and are good at it and like to share it and uh you know and i'm sorry any guy that goes up to vicky peterson peterson and says you've already seen me you've seen (laughs) me play you know me that that guy is a plus in my book i agree plus.
0: i agreed super
1: awesome but again so if um, if any of you do not already have his solo album or are looking for um, some of his previous works with Chewy Marble, the Andersons, he already let us know. Yeah, world of world of my own is out. He said Amazon, all the digital platforms. You can even try DerekAndersonMusic.com, um, and he's on Facebook. Reach out and support the musicians that you love because this has been a really rough year and um i liked you know i thought he was really really honest when he told us you know 2020 i just kind of lacked that creative flow and i didn't you know i didn't have anything and now like he's kind of turning the corner i like hearing that i it's i think it's an honest um, assessment and it's not just us fans that are kind of feeling a little rudderless it's our favorite musicians are too and then when they're ready to produce and share things with us support it do it go buy it um because you know like I like how he said because I had seen some of the camp some of the feelers that were sent out about the XTC tribute album like whether people would be interested in buying vinyl for that. And um, things now are changing, the dynamics of how music is getting released. So participate. This, you know They're giving us a very active role as fans and music buyers. And I think we have to really take advantage of that. But Jeff, this ain't no garage. <laughs>
3: no.
1: This ain't no garage, no sheets. <laughs> no. This is all the way or no way, and I'm sorry if he doesn't write a song called "This Ain't No Garage." <laughs> that's a missed opportunity.
0: <laughs> agreed, agreed. But once
1: again, thank you, Derek Anderson, Jeff, agrubiar.
0: Groove on, Paisley people.
2: I turn this (laughs) off. There,
1: there's one way.
2: Oh yeah, leave. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. Bye. -bye.